0: Hello and welcome to the Raw Fork Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marina Buksov, and I'm a functional medicine pharmacist in New York, as well as an integrative health coach and clinical herbalist. I'm pleased to go into season three of this podcast and continue to bring on other holistic minded pharmacists and healthcare professionals to the show. I'm constantly inspired by my guests and their stories and love sharing their points of view with you all. Please enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Raw Fork Podcast. It was an absolute pleasure hosting Dr. Swati Varanasi on the show today. She's such a go-getter with a clear idea of who she is and what she wants to bring to the table. Passionate about preventative and public health, An expert in the endocannabinoid system and a clear leader, Dr. Swathi is a powerhouse. She is a pharmacist specializing in integrative health and cannabis. She serves as a bilingual medical consultant for CBD hemp companies, a clinical cannabis researcher, a natural medicines educator, and a content contributor for print and online publications. Emphasizing an evidence-based approach, Dr. Swathi is passionate about educating practitioners, students, and patients on the intricacies of the endocannabinoid system and the power of food as medicine. She's also the co-founder of the educational platform Farm Supplement and can be reached at www.drswathi.com.
1: Hi, welcome to the Work Podcast. I have with me today, Dr. Swathi Varanasi. And she is an integrative health pharmacist and medical cannabis consultant. So, welcome to the show, Swati. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I had the pleasure of meeting Swati in person when she came to visit New York. Yeah. But this is this mm-hmm. is the Zoom, <laughs> the Zoom meetings nowadays. <laughs> it's
2: okay for now. <laughs>
1: So, Swati, please uh, introduce yourself in your mm-hmm. own words and maybe tell us where okay. you grew up and why you came mm-hmm. to be a pharmacist or how you came to be a pharmacist.
2: Yeah, sure. So, um, I'm originally from New Jersey or from the Northeast in general. Um, and then I did my undergrad out in Minnesota at Carleton College. And then after that, I moved to South Carolina to do my pharmacy training. Um, so, I was in Charleston for three years and then did all of my rotations kind of all over the country on purpose to see a lot of the country, but to have all sorts of experiences. And so one of the experiences was at an integrative natural pharmacy. And I'd always been interested in nutrition and holistic health and wellness and preventive medicine. But I didn't feel like that was a part of the pharmacy curriculum. There wasn't enough like emphasis for me. So I was looking for an opportunity to be a pharmacist, but also be in that space. And I just didn't know anyone who was in that space. So when I came out here, it was the best surprise that my my now residency program director, supervisor, um, she has been in integrative medicine for like over 25 years. Um, and so I had an incredible time on the rotation and we got to chatting and I asked her if it would be possible to the first ever integrative health focused pharmacy residency program and so we did that and i can't believe it's already it's almost done because it's already almost june um so but it's been an incredible experience um we mainly focused on nutrition medical cannabis and pharmacogenomics um with a smattering of like leadership and entrepreneurship and all that because that's also something that we have in common Um, Yeah, so it's been incredible. I've been able to mentor students um, that come to the pharmacy for rotation. I've been able to lecture at Colleges of Traditional Chinese Medicine as well as Colleges of Pharmacy. Um, And then I also spent quite a bit of time. So one day a week at an HIV clinic. Um, where I was the pharmacist on the team. It was an integrative clinic as well. So it was a very interprofessional group of practitioners. Um, It's where I was a pharmacist on the team and I was able to start an MTM program there. Um, So I was able to start seeing a lot of the same patients every week, which was really gratifying. And also being able to talk about everything from conventional pharmacotherapy all the way through to sleep hygiene and nutrition and recommending therapeutic aromatherapy and you name it, like everything in between. Um, so that's been really nice, a really nice way to like implement a lot of the specialization. Um, and then on the side, I've been able to work with some CBD and hemp brands. Um, and so I serve as their medical expert. Um, I'm starting to take on a little bit more responsibility in some of those com- some of those companies. Um, for example, I'm gonna be the chief scientific officer for Element Apothic. Um, and so I'm helping them with formulations um, as well as serving whatever um, medical educational need that they have. So, yeah, just kind of broadening my scope
1: and feeling very lucky to be in integrative medicine right now
2: and meeting people like you.
1: <laughs> oh, wow, that's such an amazing and inspiring story and background because literally our go-getter, you know, if an opportunity didn't exist, <laughs> you went and created it for yourself and manifested it, even, you know, from from not existing into existing. So that's really, mm-hmm. really commendable. And yeah, I'm just honored oh, to people like you as well. And for anybody that <laughs> to the podcast, my first episode of season two was uh, with Dr. Pam Tarlow, who is the preceptor Yay, and the yeah. program mm-hmm. that Swati was talking about, Dr. Varanasi. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm blessed to know both of these amazing, inspirational <laughs> women. And you can check out her episode, um, season one a uh, two episode one and the pharmacy that I think Dr. Barnacy didn't mention is um the Santa Monica mm-hmm. osteopathic pharmacy and uh it's an amazing yeah. mm-hmm. place so you can learn all about it in that episode mm-hmm. after Pam Tarlow. but um tell mm-hmm. us so how, how did you come to choose the pharmacy field in the first place like growing up and why did you mm-hmm. choose the profession?
2: So I had always been interested in medicine in general, but I didn't know where I necessarily like fit in medicine. Um, and so I explored nursing as an opportunity, um, medicine, and then pharmacy. And pharmacy for me was the perfect combination of like being able to like go really deep into pharmacology and be a little like chem nerd, um, but then also like able to like provide patient care. Um, and I also like the pharmacist I knew had such a scope of practice, like I knew people in the pharmaceutical industry um, that were family friends. I knew people who owned independent pharmacies. I knew people who worked in retail. I knew some people who were just consultants um, and um, kind of had their own clients. So I saw the scope of everything that's possible and I didn't want to limit myself. And so I thought that that was like the perfect merriment of possibility, but also helping patients and Doing something that I'm actually really interested in.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So happy you found your ink. Mm-hmm. And even though, like you said, <laughs> there's a broad scope, it sounds like you're really honing in and zeroing in mm-hmm. on your topic of interest. And within Integrative Medicine, mm-hmm. like that that is cannabis, which is, you know, mm-hmm. a really hot topic right now to say the least. <laughs> And <laughs> so I'm um, glad have a pharmacist as knowledgeable as you on their team. Um, so can you tell us uh, how did, how was it creating and designing your uh, residency program? And what was your favorite part?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, my favorite part? I have to pick one. I'm not sure my favorite part. Um, But... Um, we had a very good time putting it together, Dr. Tarlow and I, we just sat down and thought what is like the most important to both of us and what is the most important to integrative health pharmacy overall and what students need to know. And so a lot of what was focused on, a lot of what we focused on during the year was what else we wanted to bring to students and an opportunity to mentor students in these specific topics. Um, so yeah, that's how we came to the nutrition integrative side with cannabis and pharmacogenomics and how all of those intersect in their own special way too. So, I mean, it was, it was a great experience. Um, it was very much up to what we wanted to do and what we were excited about. And we both are very interested in education, so we were able to do a lot around education. Um, so we were very lucky to be able to just focus and hone in on what we really like to do. And we have a lot in common, which is helpful.
1: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, d- definitely sounds mm-hmm. like education was a big component and what you liked best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Know, uh, how was it to work with other students, you know, as a preceptor for them? And mm-hmm. also, do you have another person lined up now that the residency is coming to an end?
2: Yeah. So working with the students has been amazing just to be able to hear everyone else's different perspectives. Like when we're all working on a project together, we have a lecture coming up, a guest lecture at UCSD that will be virtual. We're not going to go there in person, but been um, like working with the students on that type of information, some of them have been working in an independent setting. Some of them have been working in managed care. And so getting all of their different perspectives from their well first from their like didactic curriculum because they're all from different schools. Um, But then also they're like practical through their rotations and through their work. Um, So being able to get those perspectives I think has been very valuable. Um, But also I think for my learning, being able to to learn how to give constructive criticism, to like learn how to guide a student, I think has been very helpful um, for me like as I'm growing as a practitioner. Um, and then we do not have anyone lined up for this coming year. Um, and that's simply because um, Dr. Charla's daughter just had a, a do- had a son. Um, and so um, she wants to be a little more focused on that right now, um, but she's really looking forward to having residents in the future and hopefully growing the program too, to have more than just one resident because Throughout the year, there have been so many people that have reached out to both me and Dr. Tarlow, pharmacists and non-pharmacists, actually, who are interested in being a part of the residency program and kind of asking, so what do I do to prepare to be in, in, in integrative medicine or be an integrative health pharmacy? Um, so I know that there is that demand, so we're just trying to fill that demand, but we're going to take a mini like one-year hiatus from that and then come back. <laughs>
1: Wow, that sounds wonderful, and now at least there will be a structure in place that you have already created, so mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to uh, tweak things and add things and adjust as needed for different healthcare practitioners, perhaps, as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Definitely, and there's like a, still a level of flexibility if someone is a little bit more interested in homeopathy, for example, or... Like any of the other modalities like therapeutic aromatherapy that the program could be specialized kind of in that way too so my interest ended up being a bit more into medical cannabis which is why the program is a bit like shifted in that way just for my year but hopefully in the coming years that will shift accordingly
1: right absolutely or there could be different tracks simultaneously yeah. if more than one student um or practitioner joined that the- would be
2: the best <laughs> Mm-hmm. awesome I would love to have like one physician and one nurse and one pharmacist all doing it at the same time. What incredible like interprofessional way to learn too.
1: So because you mm. kinda landed in this strange coronavirus ridden world, how <laughs> did it you affect your residency experience?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. So building off of working with the students, so now we're doing virtual rotations. Um, so that's been quite a transition. Um, because of everything going on at the pharmacy, they are still not allowing patients to come into the pharmacy. Um, but patients are coming up to the window, and they're able to still get all the products that they want. And a lot of the practitioners are still working there, even though it's a bit limited staffed. Um, and so I'm not actually going into the pharmacy. Um, I'm doing a lot of the projects, and we just finished up a research project with some other students from another university. Um, so finishing that project up, working on some other projects with Dr. Tarlow, um, getting that slide deck ready for um, the lecture next week and things like that. So. Um, Yeah, I haven't had the chance to go in, um, but we are doing um, virtual rotations with students, which has been a transition, but um, it's good that we have kind of like found our groove after we just finished up with two six-week students, and now we have four at the same time (laughs) from all different schools, so that's been great. Um, And so we just do anywhere from two to three um, Zoom meetings a day. Um, We do one closer to the morning and then chat about what we're going to accomplish during the day chat towards the end of the day and just keep everyone on track we just want to still give students the opportunity to learn about integrative medicine even though they don't have the chance to come to the pharmacy so dr Charlo, even yesterday the students started on the first day and she gave them a tour like on her video facetime so they're still like able to be a part of the process
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah that's amazing that we have the technology to do that you know and it's Mm so we're part of the team even though remotely or virtually it's still really nice to connect even over camera Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes (laughs) so how do you envision this program functioning in the future um would it have a lot of virtual Mm -hmm. components and perhaps have more slots for other students or do you envision it to staying more local
2: That's interesting because I have never, like, I hadn't really thought about that or even talked about that with Dr. Tarlow until all this COVID, um, like, big outbreak happened. And so now we're thinking that maybe that is a really great opportunity to open it up for a lot of students who can't travel all the way out to L.A. and take virtual students as well as students in person. So I hope that, like, this experience we can actually, like, expand to more students and see if we can balance the two I think there'll be like a transitioning period for that too but if we'd be able to balance the two I think that would be that would be amazing for more people that are interested I mean even bringing in other practitioners to do like a shadowing or even like a virtual shadowing I think that would be really great too
1: yeah absolutely and you know you can could- mm-hmm that are expanding the team to have more teachers and facilitators as well. So you can all manage more students together.
2: Exactly. And everyone has their own um, particular specialty or particular modality that they gravitate towards. So it'd be great to have other practitioners like you, for example, Um, if you were willing to be a part of it, like something like that. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this year that you're going to be taking a break um so since you signed up Mm -hmm. with companies first of all how did you come across those opportunities and second of all what do you plan Mm -hmm. for coming year
2: um so how i came across them linkedin i kind of call myself an unofficial linkedin ambassador just because i feel like i'm telling everyone how important linkedin is and how much it's like changed my career I mean that's how we initially met as I saw your profile and you seemed super interesting so I reached out and now we're chatting um, and we were able to even see each other in person so that's how I um, met a lot of the people I'm working with at those companies now Um, there are a few that are local in LA that happen to come into the store Vitagen is the name of one of those companies Um, so I was able to start working with them through that um, one-on-one connection and through the store Um, but apart from that it's all been through LinkedIn, being able to connect with people from all over the country who are doing incredible work and looking for pharmacists. They're looking for practitioners who are interested in integrative medicine, who, are, who have that specialty so that they're able to provide the, the medical vantage point to everything that's going on in their company. Um, so yes, it's, it's been through LinkedIn and then it's just kind of blossomed from there.
1: Awesome. So you're gonna be like the link in on I, I I see a few different companies and you're gonna be in charge of like the mm-hmm. aspects of the medical cannabis.
2: Um, Yeah. So for um, Element Apothic, the one I mentioned previously, um, I'm going to be a part of formulation um, if they have questions about that, um, as well as figuring out um, CBD products with other botanicals and natural products. So that company is kind of moving towards CBD as being an ingredient. Um, which I really liked, especially from the integrative wellness perspective that I have. So like having CBD or cannabis be like one of the modalities, like working with these other herbs and synergy. I love that idea. So um, they're moving in that direction. Um, And then um, another one of the companies, Cal Ethos, so I'm going to be their chief pharmacy officer. And so they're looking to open a lot of showcase centers all throughout um, Southern California. And so they were looking for someone with a pharmacy background who had an interest in wellness and integrative health, but also had like a focus in cannabis. So it kind of just ended up being the perfect fit for me because what I'll be in charge of is um, creating from the ground up medical dispensaries that will be in the showcase centers. So the showcase centers will have recreational products for adult use, Um, they'll have medical um, products as well, Um, but they, Um, what I'll be in charge of will be the like medical dispensary. So I'll be creating those and that'll start after a residency is over. So those are two of the, Ventures, and then the other one is um kind of more genomics based so they're that company is jade Health, and so i'm working with them they're an integrative um wellness platform um with like a mixture of genomics um so they're looking at um genomics and eventually also genomics for psychedelic other psychedelic therapies um and seeing how to personalize the medicine as best as possible per patient. Just because when it comes to plant medicine, it's just so personalized, um, patient to patient. So I guess that's a little bit about it. I hope that's not yeah, me that too much, but it's a little bit about very, it.
1: <laughs> very exciting, and yeah, certainly the plant world can get very complex as well as the genomics world. So that is yes. really, mm-hmm. interesting. and I just want to mention um, there's a podcast called Brave New Weed. My patient actually, one mm-hmm. time, she sent me an episode. It's episode number 80, Power Up Your Cannabis Meds and Your Immune System with these. Mm-hmm. So this also speaks um, to like the synergy between cannabis and other herbs. And uh, it's facilitated by molecular biologist, Dr. Kevin Spellman. So if you haven't checked that out, um, mm-hmm. I recommend it.
2: That's actually incredible that you brought up Brave New Weed because I'm actually working with the author of that book. on creating a pharmacist specific course um, on the endocannabinoid system um, and everything that goes with that, but from more of like the pharmacy perspective. Um, and so that Website is Medical Cannabis Mentor, and they already have um, one that's specifically for other practitioners, um, but they don't have one for pharmacists. So that's interesting you brought that up because that that we're having a call even later today. So (laughs) yeah, that's something that's very much in process and will be out soon. So I'll be able to recommend it to all the pharmacists and pharmacy students who are asking me how they can learn about it. I can finally say yes, there is a, a resource that
1: I recommend. Awesome, awesome. That's some super synchronicity that we're having.
2: <laughs> yeah. um,
1: so as far as resources, so is this program going to be like official, you know, giving maybe CE credits for pharmacists to learn about this or specializing and mm-hmm. calling ourselves like, you know, cannabis uh, savvy pharmacist, shall we say, or cannabis <laughs> liquid pharmacist maybe, or is it going to be more informational? And then my second question is, How did you educate yourself on the topic and get well-versed in it?
2: Right. Um, So for the first part, um, we're hoping to um, go through the process and get it accredited for CE. Um, I think that's a great incentive also for a lot of pharmacists that are looking to learn more, but also looking to get a lot of their CE out of the way too. So I think it like kills two two birds with one stone in that way for a lot of people. Um, But then um, apart from that, it's not like technically a certification program, or I guess that's not the current goal. I could see it evolving into that goal, but right now it's more for education of pharmacists who are just simply interested in learning more. Um, And then how I learned about it is Online resources that were recommended to me from tons of people that I connected with who are in the space in um, cannabinoid medicine in general, um, and so whether that was like, for example, like Dr. Dustin Sulak has an incredible online platform, um, so connecting with him and getting some of his recommendations, um, but then also there are just so many other platforms, and a, a lot of it also I have to say though was from like networking with people and asking actual practitioners questions and learning about their practice and how they implement a lot of the like theoretical or like didactic or published research that's out there because so much of it is clinical discretion so yes you can read it but i also wanted to learn how practitioners are using it
1: great and uh, can you share maybe a couple of clinical pearls of what you've learned maybe like some advantages and maybe some disadvantages as an objective pharmacist Mm -hmm. of this kind of medical intervention using medical cannabis?
2: That's a great question. Um, So one of the things I think that a lot of pharmacists are wondering, a lot of pharmacists ask me about, is like, are there drug interactions? Big question. Um, So of course there's still ongoing research. There'll be more research that will be done and will be published about it. Um, But right now, a lot of the research that has been done when it comes to drug interactions and cannabis have been done with doses that are so super duper high to the point that like the average patient or like most patients are not going to be taking doses that are that high. So I'm inclined to think that if the doses are that high, that the the chances of drug interactions could increase. So if the patients are taking less, I do think there's a lot less, um, like lower likelihood of there being drug interactions, but I do still think it's important to be aware that it's a possibility. And those drug, ad- drug interactions speak to the SIP metabolism of like for example the the two major cannabinoids so cbd and thc Um, cbd is metabolized by 2c19 and 3a4 whereas thc is 2c9 and 3a4 so if we look at some of the medications that we're familiar with as pharmacists that are metabolized by those drugs i think that's a great place to start Um, just to like start having the familiarity with cannabis and how to use that in conjunction with a lot of other modalities like, um, conventional medicine. Um, so that's one that I think is really important from a pharmacist perspective. I think also, um, I'm trying to think from like the community pharmacist perspective too. Like, I think a lot of them are getting questions about CBD So being able to answer questions about CBD, I think is really, really important. And a lot of those are like, what can CBD be used for? And a lot of the research right now points to anxiety as being a really top use for CBD. So I think something like that, particularly in times like these, where there's so much uncertainty with everything going on, I think CBD could potentially be great for anxiety. But also the way the endocannabinoid system is wired, one of the two main, like one of the two main or most researched receptors, um, CB1 and CB2, one of them, so CB2 um, is most linked with immune function, or it's thought to be most linked um, with immune function. So if CBD is um, interacting with the endocannabinoid system in some capacity, we don't know exactly how, um, but in some capacity, then it's possible that it also could impact immunity, at this time too so that's another thing to keep in mind for a community pharmacist
1: yeah that's certainly a big area of interest in many respects right now not only because of the anxiety Mm -hmm. because of the immune function so this ties in you know Mm -hmm. well to the current situation so uh what is your Mm -hmm. goal in working with the cannabis companies and in educating Mm -hmm. pharmacists and patients about it
2: Yeah, so um, the reason I was drawn to those three companies is they all kind of have an emphasis on education, whether it's practitioner education, um, patient education, student education. Um, So that's very, very important to me because I think that once people learn more about it, they'll find that there's so much therapeutic potential in plant medicine in general, not just cannabis. Um, So I really just want to start opening other practitioners eyes eastern and western anyone in between um to try to just learn more about it so i think that those are that was one of the main reasons that drew me to those
1: companies and do you have any specific advice regarding dosage forms and formulations that people should watch out for oh wow
2: i mean (laughs) there's so much information with that that's also very patient specific like some patients even have like a a preference Um, When it comes to different formulations. Um, But that's very much up to the clinician and what they think, and what a lot of the research says regarding, like, having an edible, for example, or something that's ingestible in that way, and how that can impact various disease states. Some practitioners say, like, for example, edibles are great for chronic disease states because they last longer in the body rather than, like, something more acute. Maybe, like, taking a puff of something is better for something acute. Um, because of the instant, like, immediate spike um, in your plasma circulation. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's very dependent on the person. It's very dependent on the clinician as well. So that's my little tidbit on that.
1: <laughs> Thank you for that. And regarding um, mm-hmm. the pharmacogenomic aspect of it that you mentioned, so how does that play mm-hmm. a role? I know you said it's very complex, but can you give us maybe, like, a, mm-hmm. a good, you know, clinical pearl about that?
2: Yeah, definitely. So I think just as how we talk about pharmacogenomics and there being a possibility of someone being like a poor metabolizer or a rapid metabolizer for drugs, I think that's also very possible for the like cannabis plant, for other plants as well, just because of the way that they're metabolized, as I like very briefly mentioned with the si- uh, system. So I think that there could be, I think, a very important role of genomics in cannabis therapy. Like maybe that's why someone isn't responding to CBD because of something faulty or something that's different about the way that they're metabolizing with their 2C9 enzyme or something like that. So I think there's a lot of possibility in being able to personalize um, in that way. And Jade Health is looking to do that um, as well as incorporate some of the um, genomic tests that are already out there, so like Twenty Three and me, that they're able, they're looking to incorporate that into a lot of the genomic personalization or individualization of medicine.
1: Yeah, and that actually plays into my mm-hmm. other question, right? Because if you're studying mm-hmm. the cytochrome P four fifty system in the liver, then that will be that will mm-hmm. what you ingest, you know. So anything by the oral route, mm-hmm. but if you bypass that. Yeah. Inhalation or any other method, then you can also bypass mm-hmm. genomic variants.
2: Yeah, and that's where the complexity starts. <laughs> yeah.
1: So that, you know, that's yeah. like interesting to think about, mind boggling too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a <laughs> lot of exciting research potential for sure and how to optimize. Patients. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. since you are such a unique, consultant pharmacist and educator, uh, what would your advice be mm-hmm. to students or other pharmacists that also want to kind of follow your footsteps and look for unique opportunities mm-hmm. and create their own paths? Mm-hmm. And perhaps, um, you know, the retail pharmacy world certainly always has a steady paycheck, you know, but right. like you have compiled enough resources to support yourself financially so what would, what would you say to those people that are afraid to take the leap?
2: Um, I would say, um, I'm going to go back to LinkedIn or just like networking in general, I think is so important because I think a lot of, um, pharmacists, a lot of, a lot of practitioners that experience burnout, particularly right now, um, I think, and I mean, burnout has been going up percentage wise year after year after year in pharmacy. So. I think if people actually reached out to other pharmacists on LinkedIn and saw what other pharmacists were doing, there are so many pharmacists that are doing really unique things now um, that are all like kind of finding their niche within the practice. So I think that if you see what other people are doing, I think that could be inspiring for someone to say, okay, maybe I'm going to take that leap and try something that I've always been interested in. And of course, it can start on the side, but then maybe it can like, becomes something else or that becomes everything that you're doing and you get to be passionate about or you get to at least like evoke that passion in something that you're doing um and of course there's I mean, with the retail setting, that is gratifying in its own way. But if someone's interested in something a bit farther than that or something a bit more specific or a specific disease state or niche, I think that there is opportunity for that. Um, But if you're not networking, then you're just limiting yourself to, what you see on the day-to-day, which would be in the pharmacy rather than what other people are doing. So like listening to podcasts like these, I think is really important. Um, being able to network with people. Um, and then also learn, like meeting people through other people, like asking someone that you're networking with, who do you think in your network maybe could be a good connection for me or someone that I maybe have something in common with. Um, and then it can go from there. Mm
1: -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I really respect that, you know, you're pretty much a freelancer and you're just paving your own way and supporting yourself with these exciting opportunities. And, you know, the more you say yes, the more doors seem to open. So that's pretty. Yes,
2: definitely. I mean, and as pharmacists, like we can learn so many things. So, I mean, even if you're interested in something that you think is like, how would a pharmacist fit into this? There, like, there is always a way that a pharmacist can be valuable. So I think that, like, with our education and with all of our training, like, we're prepared to do so many things. So I don't want anyone to feel limited in pharmacy.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Great advice. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to challenge you a little bit. I don't ask everybody this, mm-hmm. um, but if you okay. <laughs> could envision, like, a perfect healthcare system, how might it look?
2: hmm Ooh, this is great. Um, a focus on preventative medicine. That would be like the number one thing that I think is just so important that we don't do enough of. Um, and I I guess like from the financial standpoint, preventative medicine doesn't, it's not as financially lucrative as, as the opposite or what we have right now. Um, so I think that is really important. And then looking at like the root causes of a lot of issues, like for example, like if someone isn't sleeping well, like I, if I'm talking about like sleep hygiene, if you sleep well or if you like maintain some sort of like active exercise routine or like improve nutrition is so so important. So like those things that like impact your lifestyle and the way that you do life, like from when you wake up to go to sleep, everything in between and sleep. I think just focusing on those factors can impact so many other things that we're treating with medications. So I think that if lifestyle and preventative medicine is more of the conversation, then we won't be using medications as much. And there won't be the, how do I want to say, the like perspective of other practitioners thinking that like what I'm doing doesn't make sense you know, so I, I want more people to be able to understand the importance of preventative medicine. And if there was a focus in, on that in like the medical curriculum, pharmacy curriculum, nursing curriculum, um, other mid-level practitioner curriculums, like all of those, I think, I think that could be a real turning point for the health system.
1: Absolutely. I wholeheartedly mm-hmm. agree. And although, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. it's not as financially rewarding, we would be saving mm-hmm. so much money by not um, treating current, um, you know, chronic conditions the way we are treating. Right. Them. And we would save on hospital uh, visits, mm-hmm. we would improve outcomes mm-hmm. and improve right. side effect profiles and tolerability and you know, we could still turn to medications when they're needed in emergency or in mm-hmm. care settings. Um, but mm-hmm. oh, you know, of course, of course, yeah. But we can also improve our quality of care. So mind you, by incorporating other mm-hmm. modalities.
2: Yeah, and I think also that that comes back to improving the quality of life of our patients. And I think that comes down to lifestyle and a lot of things that I mentioned um, versus just like treating the symptoms. So like kind of targeting if. If the new healthcare system or like the ideal healthcare system um, focus more on improving quality of life, maybe that's where we should start.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. So, like, we're already mm-hmm. those outcomes. So, we, we could, you know, expand mm-hmm. studies and our clinical research to mm-hmm. things like exercise and meditation and mindfulness and, you know, mm-hmm. nutrition and maybe even herbs, who mm-hmm. you knows? yeah mm
2: -hmm. well and and like with like i'm thinking of even like in the pharmacy curriculum when we're talking about chronic diseases or like diabetes for example when we say lifestyle strategies first but i can't really remember any lecture that really talked about what that even meant (laughs) i just remember people saying lifestyle strategies or like lifestyle changes or something but i don't remember actually learning about what that meant in school until being able to like specialize and learn so much about it after school um like after school in terms of after classes in pharmacy school but also in uh, residency
1: yeah that advice is like so arbitrary Mm -hmm. and we need to really (laughs) right figure out you know a specific set of actions that a patient can take that will you know Mm -hmm. have certain results And they need to be measurable, too. And that way we can start recommending them and Mm -hmm. improving patients' lives and decreasing the need. to. Mm -hmm. Well, and –
2: yeah, definitely. And, I mean, even with that, like, I'm thinking about, like, the guidelines and the way that they're written. It says lifestyle first. And then if you can't achieve it in lifestyle or whatever, you know, that means. (laughs) Um, And then we go to medications. But then lifestyle is forgotten. -hmm. And I think that's also a problem too. Like lifestyle is like the overarching like umbrella with all the other things underneath it. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm.
1: And you always have to look whether the dosage should be adjusted, or usually it has to be raised after there's Mm -hmm. tolerance, Uh, and then the side Mm -hmm. effects get worse, and then you have to add on things. So, if you're doing the overarching okay. pharmacological methods first and continuing to do that with mm-hmm. medication, you're improving the outcomes, and you're, you know, you don't have to depend on the medications and the increasing the doses. You might keep yourself at a steady dose mm-hmm. rather than having to adjust, you know, month after month. Let's say exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why are you so passionate about including integrative medicine into the healthcare system?
2: Um, I just think that if we're able to target or even prevent so many disease states beforehand, that we wouldn't end up to the point where someone is in the hospital because of X, Y, Z. Like there's so many things we could have done beforehand Um, rather than like put a bandaid on. It's very like, um, popular thing that people say, um, or just like putting another coat of paint on top of something. Um, so I think that so much is avoidable if we just go to like the root cause or go to the preventative perspective rather than just treating like seven steps down the road.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like if your foundation mm-hmm. is faulty, you can't expect to have a healthy building. Mm-hmm. you're Going to topple over. You're exactly. Gonna, like, And just like in a tree, your root system is what nourishes the tree to have a healthy top and Mm -hmm. healthy leaves and flowers and fruit. Oh, I
2: love that. That's so
1: nice. Yeah, Yeah, you you need to put Mm -hmm. water on those roots and give the soil nutrients. You Mm can't expect to have a pretty tree, you know, by like painting the leaves Mm -hmm. or, you know, trimming something on top.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, that also reminds me like, Um, like nourishing the tree so like nourishing oneself but also that reminds me of like the importance of like continuing education for pharmacists and like how we need to continue like nourishing our mind and like keeping it sharp of course but also like in just learning more and staying up to date on everything I think is really important. And I think like pharmacists that are feeling burnout, I think if they also focus on just like expanding and learning a little bit more, I think they'll get excited again about why they even wanted to do pharmacy and like everything else new that's happening and coming out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And also mm-hmm. keeping that mind open to new ideas and new information that's coming in rather than like deciding- Absolutely citing your opinion before even hearing all the facts.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So if you have just a few more mm-hmm. minutes, I have some rapid fire questions. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> rapid fire. Okay.
1: Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, what's the number one advice you can give to our listeners right now to improve their quality of life?
2: Network. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Improve their quality of it. I thought you were going to say improve their like scope of practice. This is not sorry about (laughs) this um okay so to improve their quality of life um diet and rest if i have two words (laughs) if i want two words yeah
1: all right you're you're allowed to fine um okay Okay.
2: food and rest
1: (laughs) what is your favorite hobby or pastime Ooh,
2: um so i really i really like trying new recipes so i'm working on like recipe development and that's been really fun during uh like covid times so recipe development definitely and i do love to travel when i have the opportunity so um hopefully that will be soon but otherwise for now it's been recipe development
1: awesome and lastly what is your favorite beverage
2: oh my favorite beverage that's a good question. I've been um, really on a matcha kick as of recent, so I've maybe I'd say matcha right now. I've been starting every day with matcha, and it's been very nice. Um, but if not matcha, ooh, um, nothing else really immediately comes to mind. Um, red wine is always nice, like a solid, like full-bodied red wine. Um, but yeah, nothing else really comes to mind.
1: <laughs> I always love hearing what people say. Um, I love wine myself, mm-hmm. but, um, I think much strong mm-hmm. for me personally, but, uh, you know, green tea is always nice. So, um, mm-hmm. last, last thing on the agenda is please share with the listeners how they can learn more about your work, mm-hmm. find you, network with you mm-hmm.
2: and reach out. Yeah. mm mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Add me on LinkedIn. Let's chat. I'm always interested in meeting new people and meeting people that are interested and excited about anything that I mentioned today, or just like pharmacy in general, really, or just like healthcare in general. Um, but then, um, apart from that, um, you can go to my website, um, which is drswathi.com. So d o c t o r s w a t h i dot com, and there I post a lot of like upcoming events and things um like some podcast interviews i've done some recent articles i've written um so it's a, like a smorgasbord of like a lot of things that i've done but also a good way
1: to contact me smorgasburg of swathy <laughs> i like it <laughs> yes <laughs> all right well dr swathy it's been such a pleasure mm-hmm this hour oh, with thanks. you. Um, thank you for coming on and for all the work that you're doing. And mm-hmm. to, And I hope we stay in touch and keep networking.
2: Yes, definitely. Definitely. All right. all right. Well, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Appreciate it. My <laughs> bye
0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Raw Fork Podcast. And I truly hope you enjoyed the show. If you learned something new from it, I would really appreciate if you can give us a five-star rating and a sincere review so that more people can find it across the podcast platforms. To get in touch with me, please go on rawfork.com or email me directly at marina at rawfork.com. Take good care and I'll see you back here next week.